Welcome to the program, everybody. You just stepped inside of Psychotic Bump School, the place where education and entertainment meet at the intersection of funk and soul. My name is DJ Rome, and I want to welcome you to another exciting edition of Psychotic Bump School. So, ladies and gentlemen, tonight, oh, we have quite a show for you this evening. We have an all-star panel coming in. Most of us have been here before tonight together and then we have one guest that hasn't been here for at least a couple of years perhaps uh, we're going to be talking about modern relationships and oh you will not believe how interesting it gets we're going to have returning uh, the good brother jamal jones social worker in southern california we're also going to have the good brother dr chase moore educational psychologist in Northern California. We're going to have comedian and political commentator and formerly of the Atlanta Falcons, Mr. Jeffrey Keller, educator, actress, Lori Peacock. And out of New York City, I want to welcome back, it's been a long time, the good sister, Crystal Kareen. She's a social media influencer out on the East Coast by way of Chicago, uh, <laughs> Cleveland, as well as Southern California, LA as well. So that is a full lineup and they're all here together. And we're going to be talking about modern relationships and it gets really, really interesting. You do not want to miss this. So you might want to call your friends and family to the radio or the computer because we are about to set it off. So this is KCWG, the My name is DJ Rome. Welcome to Psychotic Bump School. Stay tuned for more because you know what? It is time for another rant. <laughs> oh boy. Well, this is going to be a different kind of rant, y'all, because usually the opening monologue when I do one usually consists of major events from the week. As you know, this is a variety show, ladies and gentlemen. This podcast covers the gamut from education, entertainment, mental health, as I stated at the top, but it also covers politics, uh, developments in music. But front and center this time are developments in mental health. Over the last few days, there has been a viral video of a young female African-American therapist who went viral a few days ago for making a rather strongly worded endorsement for black men to go get some therapy. Now, I'm choosing my words rather carefully because this has caused quite a backlash for this young lady. I think she's only 27 years old. I'm not going to say her name. Uh, you can just do a Google for a black female therapist and it has caused quite an uproar. Uh, let's get right to it. Uh, this was happening on August 15th, about seven days ago by the time you hear this. And this is what she had to say. This is an actual therapist, ladies and gentlemen, and she is encouraging black men uh, to take better care of themselves. That's her vantage point. Check this out. The comment says, I wish men would understand that emotional intelligence is so important because of how much clarity slash security it would bring to your lives. Y'all think bitches be talking in y'all ear just to be talking. We don't. Y'all think bitches want to argue with y'all because y'all refuse to expand your emotional vocabulary. We don't. It's to provide clarity for both us and y'all dusty bitches. Let me, let me stop. <laughs> really truly irks me because when I say you need to expand your emotional vocabulary, it's so your life can be easier. Don't you want to be able to communicate with your bitch? I think, I think yes, right? Long gone are the days where you can just shut down. Bitch not tolerating that. Like, it used to be where men provided financially or with shmeek and make their own self 
and we can pay for our own shit. So I'm gonna need y'all to catch up on the emotional part. If a bitch is telling you, I need you to communicate more, open your mouth. But you know what I realized? And let me, let me back up, let me back up. A common misconception about me as a clinician is that 90% of my clientele have been men, black men specifically. And what we specifically work on is expanding their emotional vocabulary because a lot of y'all mother don't even have the words to express how you're feeling. So when you expand your vocabulary and knowledge of what you are experiencing because y'all are human beings who experience feelings and emotions and don't have to choke that shit no more y'all ain't had to choke that shit down since 2016 anyway if y'all are not in therapy expanding your emotional vocabulary your life just off top is going to be more difficult all right and that's not the end of it and so this therapist uh has stated that most of her clientele is comprised of men and in her words if i heard that correctly she said 90 percent of her clientele is men yet she's frustrated that men are not getting therapy, yet 90% of her clientele consists of men. Make that make sense. Ever since this came out, ladies and gentlemen, there has been a backlash against this particular therapist. She has since come out with an apology after someone contacted her employer and she has since been terminated. Now, why is this important? Why is this at the top of mind for this episode of Psychotic Bum School? This is a mental health podcast. This is a podcast that focuses on so many different issues that come up in the news cycle. And somewhere in there, she was talking about something called emotional vocabulary. Adrian Broner, former multi-division world champion, was scheduled to have a fight this past weekend. He pulled out of that fight about seven days ago, I believe on August 15th, right around the same time this story broke with this female therapist, ironically. And he said that he was pulling out of his fight and he was citing uh, problems and struggles with his mental health as the source. And he felt like he didn't wanna put his life on the line when he knew that he was going into the ring potentially and not feeling right. He says, quote, sorry to all my fans, but mental health is real and I'm not about to play inside the ring. I've watched a lot of people die playing with their boxing career and that is something I won't do. Now, this is further emphasized. Uh, I found this video by former boxing champion Deontay Wilder and he talks about his career as it stands right now. And he talks about a similar issue right here. All this happened over the weekend, y'all. This is former champ Deontay Wilder. It takes a lot for us to get up go train and get ourselves together weeks, months at a time to break our body down, then get in the ring, get hit in the head, which the head is not meant to be hit in the first place. You understand what I'm saying? So imagine, they always talk about, yeah, it's a lot of mental health, uh, it's a lot of uh, PTSD, a lot of stuff that fighters deal with, but you know, a lot of them want to keep that toughness about themselves, don't want to let people un know uh, or see certain things wrong with them because we're warriors at the end of the day. It's okay to have vulnerabilities. You know, it's, it's okay. And that's why I come in. I show men that it's okay to do certain things and be cool to doing it, no matter what people may feel or think about you because we only have one life in this, in this lifetime, you know, and we got to make the best of it. That's why I tell people to be great at what you do. All right, and those are words from former champion Deontay Wilder. And... No truer words were ever spoken. And it's amazing that it comes from boxers, a sport that's known to uh, contain the most primal aspects of 
male masculine energy. I mean, you have to have a particular kind of mindset to get into that boxing ring to square up against another man and be willing to get uh, <laughs> separated from your senses in the process. But that's why it's not for the faint of heart. But I just find it ironic and, um, you know, just the timing of it is just immaculate when you think about this issue with this uh, therapist going viral and uh, how it impacts even athletes. Shouts out to Simone Biles, the GOAT, greatest of all time, Simone Biles. She made headlines, uh, was it, when was it the last Olympics? It's been a while already, but she had to pull out of the Olympics temporarily because she was experiencing what was called, it's not called the tipsies, but it's, it's called the twisties, I think she called it. She was having trouble finding her balance as she was doing uh, one of her balance beam routines or the uh, the split rings or the uneven bars, I think it was. And it was very dangerous because she could not gauge her position in the air as she was uh, doing some of those amazing uh, flips that she does while she's doing her routine. So she pulled out of the Olympics temporarily. And by the time uh, that made it to the news cycle. People were bashing her. Oh, you're representing the United States. You need to get up there and perform. All the whole world is watching you. And what a disgrace you are. And they were just coming for her with all kinds of vitriol just because she wanted to take care of her mental health and prioritize safety over winning another gold medal. Well, she struggled and she came back and she was able to uh, perform during those same Olympics and she won a bronze medal. And uh, in my opinion, that was a very heroic uh, gesture. And the fact that she won a bronze out of all the medals she's ever won, I would say that one might be the, one of the more special ones because she had to combat against a lot of adversity. She was battling some uncertainties, insecurities, fear. And it just goes to highlight once again that these things can impact all of us at such a high level. How about the uh, tennis player Novak Djokovic? I mean, he's a multi-division, 20-time Grand Slam champion. Uh, he was having some uh, visa issues. Uh, how long ago was this? Uh, it was during COVID. He was talking about how it was hard on his mental health, the fact that he wasn't allowed into uh, certain countries because I think Australia had a lockdown uh, if you didn't have the, the vaccine or proof of vaccine. And that whole controversy took a toll on his mental health. So he had to take a time out from the game of tennis. Now, these are very public figures. Uh, shouts out to Naomi Osaka also. She was also uh, in the news a couple years ago talking about needing to protect her mental health and people came for her as well. Oftentimes, we begin this podcast by talking about the week in politics and how it's impacting this country from all over the world. And there was no question that this issue of mental health and black men and black women was trending like crazy. And I don't think, I mean, I haven't been on Twitter that long, but I haven't seen something like this trending so fervently. I mean, it just would not go away. It went away and then it came back. And I'm not sure how, but I think part of the reason why it came back is because worldwide and globally, uh, these really prominent athletes were talking about it. We had a major championship fight over the weekend as well, where that same division that Deontay Wilder is in, the heavyweights were fighting. The current champ is named Alexander Usyk, and he was fighting a rematch against the guy he took the title from, Anthony Joshua. And they fought in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. It was a closely contested fight. Usyk was determined to be victorious by a split decision. Uh, Anthony Joshua 
uh, is a very proud athlete. He's a highly celebrated figure in the world of boxing. Uh, he's always been a class act, even in defeat. And so he had an uncharacteristic moment at the end of the fight to where he was very disappointed in the outcome. And so what you're about to listen to is what happened immediately following the decision of the Usyk versus Joshua fight. Uh, stand by. AJ, he was annoyed about something, but it seemed so respectful afterwards. Okay, so I'm going to provide a little narrative commentary as this is unfolding because I know you can't see this. Anthony Joshua has left the ring after the announcement that he lost the fight. Uh, he stormed out of the ring after throwing two of the title belts out of the ring. He kind of just dropped them over the side of the, the boxing ring. And he uh, walked out of the ring and was walking apparently back to his dressing room and he was visibly upset. He slammed a, a, a white towel down. He had his handlers around him trying to calm him down and console him. And then he started walking back to the ring. And then from there, uh, he proceeded to uh, confront the, you know, the champion that had retained his belt, Usyk. Usyk was wearing the Ukraine flag around his shoulders in a show of um, national pride for his country. Again, they're at war right now with Russia. And so Joshua snatched the flag off of Usyk's shoulders. Mind you, Usyk is Ukrainian, put it around his own shoulders. And he was just trying to tell Usyk that, yeah, you beat me, but you think you beat me because you're you're stronger. You beat me because of skill. You know, I have character. People were mad because he didn't allow Usyk his moment. That was supposed to be Usyk's moment. It's kind of like old dirty bastard rushing the stage when Sean Colvin, I think it was, was about to win an American Music Award or Kanye West more famously when he interrupted uh, Taylor Swift. Um, you don't want to do that. It was really uh, the champion's moment. In that case, it was Alexander Usyk's moment. And a lot of people took issue and umbrage with Anthony Joshua for upstaging him with his speech, his gestures, his antics. In true class act fashion, he has something to say about it in the press conference. Uh, he was asked at the end of the fight, uh, after some time to reflect, um, if he felt good about his performance given that he lost last time by unanimous decision and this fight although not great, I saw the highlights of it, was a little bit more competitive and people were asking him, could he at least be proud of his performance? This is how Anthony Joshua responded. Am I proud of myself? Uh, it's really, really hard for me to say I'm proud of myself. Um, I don't feel anything. I'm just, well, I'm upset, really, like deep down in my heart. I, oh, man. Oh. Okay, so he got choked up right there and he was unable to finish his statement. He's sitting next to his promoter, Eddie Hearn, uh, trying to gather himself and uh, he is just um, a bundle of tears. Uh, he gave his all. I mean, it's just raw emotion on display. This man has been under tremendous pressure and so he was having a battle with his mental health and he talked about that after the fight. Let's hear from ring announcer Michael Buffer. You guys know him. Let's get ready to rumble. Well, they were talking to him about what happened because he didn't see everything up close. He was seeing it from a distance, but he was speculating, given that he was kind of close enough, but not right in the mix. But he was speculating on what was happening with 
uh, Anthony Joshua as he was storming out of the ring. And uh, this is his take, Michael Buffer. Uh, perhaps somebody from uh, AJ's camp. And, and it's common for guys to say, oh, you won, champ, you won. You know, and, and AJ was like, no, I didn't. And he, and, he, and he became very emphatic about it. And he didn't want to look like one of these guys that, yes, that claims he won the fight when he, you know, it's, it's, it was, look, it, he was, um, what's the best way to put it? He was emotional about it. And uh, he, he wanted to let people know how he felt and that he felt in, in, in true sportsmanship that he lost the fight and, he, and that he really respected uh, Lucy. And that was, uh, I, I thought it was, it was touching. It was kind of bold. And, yeah. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe like maybe some too. people were cringing, but no, he was, he was really excited about it. Yeah, we see a lot of fighters who claim they won when they sometimes know they haven't. Yeah. And AJ, I think it says a lot about him. Yeah, he took a, a lot on his shoulders. Yes. You're right. Yeah, he, 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 he just, he, he said, no, I, I lost the fight. Fair enough. All right, that is more powerful than you realize because Michael Buffer's take was that his handlers who were surrounding him were actually trying to tell him that, no, you won that fight, you won that fight, bro. And maybe some people in the audience, because it was a close fight. I mean, nobody really booed when either fighter was announced by, uh, you know, when a judge who had them winning the fight. I don't think I heard any boos. It was a competitive fight. But the consensus was that Usyk did a little bit better. But of course, when you're in the realm of competition, a lot of your handlers feel like, no, you didn't lose that fight, bro. But Joshua was very humble. See, this is what I'm getting at. So when we talk about mental health and we talk about uh, this uh, modern relationships conversation that you're going to hear in a few minutes, I've said on this show multiple times that you have to be able to take an L. You have to be able to acknowledge that you're wrong, that you made a mistake. And it gets to a point where reality is just speaking to you so loudly that you cannot deny it because it's so blatantly obvious. It's the uh, elephant in the room, if you will, is that big shiny red apple. You cannot ignore that. And when it comes to men in particular, we are not allowed to live in a world of delusion because the world is going to hold us accountable. Okay. And if you're a stand up man, you're going to take it right on the chin and you're not going to run from it. And so I've said jokingly, you know, half jokingly, mainly seriously though, that, you know, when it came to, or when it comes to relationships and communication between men and women, I find that it's very challenging for some women to be able to admit that they made a mistake and to say the words, I am sorry, I was wrong. But Anthony Joshua is demonstrating how you get it done. They also interviewed uh, Alexander Usyk and uh, he was very humble in his response because in many ways, a lot of his thunder was stolen uh, because of uh, what uh, Anthony Joshua did. But when people asked him his response to what happened in the ring, here's how he responded. Because he did acknowledge that AJ did give him his props, but he was also addressing the media when they asked him about the cringiness of that moment. Here is current champ, Alexander Usyk. I don't want to be proud. I don't want to be proud. I don't того Господь знизить, а хто себе знижає, того Господь вверх. The one who brings himself up, the Lord will come down. The one who stays down, the Lord will bring him up. He's in there talking about God. Okay? 
He's in there talking about God. Earlier in this press conference, Usyk was admitting that he was experiencing some, some, some battles with his own emotions during the fight. And that's understandable in the course of a competition. And he was talking about how the emotions almost consumed him in the fight. and He was able to get a hold of himself. But you see what I'm saying? You seeing how this ties to everything that we started this segment with, with the, the female therapist that's encouraging men to do better. And what I'm showing you is that men are being humbled in a very public forum and they're demonstrating how they're managing their mental health. This is how it gets done. And this is what I would advocate for because I advocate for people taking accountability for their own stuff. I'm not saying that all men are able to do that or have the capability. So stop it. I never said that. But what I am advocating for is that this should be the default setting. Ownership, accountability, because that is going to be the only way that you gain some credibility uh, in the world. And with men, it should be the gold standard of masculinity and maturity. Because otherwise, what are we really doing? We're, we're, we're being governed by our, our emotions and uh, you know, we won't have any sense of stability or uh, any semblance of leadership and authority that anybody can really respect. We had a conversation about the movie Nope a couple weeks back or a few weeks back. Uh, we have a couple of those panelists returning for this conversation on modern relationships tonight, Lori and Jeff. But part of that discussion was discussing the lead character or the co-lead character, Daniel Kaluuya, and how he was sort of uh, stoic and non-emotional and uh, he was hard to read and the women on the panel were talking about they were hard it was hard for them to see where he was coming from and Jeffrey Keller as a matter of fact was the one who pointed out well he's an introvert and it was because of his not freaking out because of his ten toes down mentality it's like I gotta keep my cool because being able to keep my cool is how he was able to figure out how to defeat the alien and save his sister but when people don't understand men, when people have trouble reading masculine responses to trauma, drama, stress, pressure, we cannot be expected to respond the way women do. We respond as men. I personally, in the last 10 years, uh, of all the people that I've mentored that have come in through uh, internship or field work, and have been under my personal tutelage, um, I've only had one male intern in the last 10 years. I've been doing mental health for going on 12 years now, but I've only had one guy in all those years. Everyone else has been women, okay? And so there are men who are doing this work. There are men who are teaching other women how to do this work because at the end of the day, it really stems from empathy. It really stems from understanding how to read people and how to respect their boundaries. Again, I keep going back to the movie Nope. That is an apex predator up there, okay? You have to not try to control it. You cannot uh, try to defeat it by confrontation, but you have to respect it. So we're gonna be talking about this tonight, and this is a very special episode of Psychotic Bump School. So I want you to stay tuned, I want you to buckle up, and I want you to listen to these marvelous professionals uh, have some dialogue. Have some dialogue about this very sensitive topic of mental health and relationships, especially relationships, and how it plays out in modern day. The saga continues.
Well, this is KCWGTheTruth.com's program's called Psychotic Bump School. My name is DJ Rome. And coming up after this break, we're going to have our Modern Relationships panel conversation with Crystal Corrine, Lori Peacock, Jeffrey Keller, Jamal Jones, and Dr. Chase Moore. So stay tuned for more. We'll be right back with our panel after this. This is DJ Valida, and you're listening to Psychotic Bump School with your host, DJ Rome, on KCWGTheTruth.com, the best internet radio station on the planet. Why don't you just let go and quiet down your ego? Don't complain about finance. I know your daddy wasn't a real man. Go ahead and live your dreams. To me, you're stronger than a whole team. I know you can't relax. You don't want me to know that. I see you work real That's why you can't get close at all So I start to push away The ones that love me cause I'm scared that they might walk away I'm not perfect So I try every day and I grow a little bit Read a little more so I can't get in my theory From my soul and just my spirit Wait cause I'm ready to get into the city Some serenity is all that I need
Okay, we are back. KCWGTheTruth.com. This program is called Psychotic Bum School. My name is DJ Rome. And ladies and gentlemen, it has been a most fascinating week in the relationship manosphere. And all types of things are always circling in Twitter sphere as well as on YouTube. Uh, I brought a panel together because I wanted to, to continue this discussion that we've been having. Uh, it started maybe a month or two ago. Uh, upon the passing of a social media influencer by the name of Kevin Samuels, the conversation from that time has evolved and has continued. We've had some amazing voices contributing to the conversation that have been extremely enlightening. Some of those guests are back tonight. All of these guests have been here before. One's here who hasn't been here for a couple of years, so I'm really excited to have this guest back. We're talking about relationships, modern relationships, that is. What are the ins and outs, the particulars? What are the strengths? Uh, areas for growth, <laughs> opportunities for growth, and where are we just struggling, okay? There are uh, plenty of people who have aspirations when it comes to love and relationships, and there's varying degrees of success to the extent to which we're actually successful at it. And what are some of those factors? Well, let's talk to our panel about it. So in no particular order, everybody, please welcome back to Psychotic Bump School, the good sister, Lori Peacock, the good brother, Jamal Jones, my other good brother, Jeffrey Keller, my other good sister who hasn't been here in a while out of New York City, Crystal Corrine, and my excellent good brother, Mr. Dr. Chase Moore, Lori, Jamal, Jeff, Crystal, Chase, how in the world are y'all doing? Y'all can say hi now. You can keep your cameras off, but man, welcome back, Crystal. <laughs> it's been a minute. Hey, there they are. Y'all yeah. thought I was y'all thought I was playing, huh? They are really here, y'all. They are really <laughs> here. Hey, thank you so much for being here. Well, y'all, um, black relationships. I mean, there shouldn't be sort of a, a qualifier or a modifier when it comes to relationships, because I think across the board, everybody has these aspirations. But as it pertains specifically to our community. I always want to have a conversation about what are the areas that we are in need of uh, addressing. I came across a clip, like I said, this is something that I do on a daily basis and I want to share something with y'all. We were talking just momentarily about Kevin Samuels and for those that don't know, he was a social media influencer who suddenly passed away, maybe probably three months ago now. And some would refer to him as a rather polarizing figure. He was highly esteemed in the community of black men. Uh, not all black men, but a lot of black men did like him. A lot of women liked him, but he did have his critics and detractors. And some of the reasons why he had those critics and detractors was because he was a rather direct communicator. And of course, that was at times interpreted as being uh, rather demoralizing for black women in particular. Uh, continuing that legacy and continuing the discussion, are sort of uh, his friends, if you will, uh, the children, the social media children and offspring of Kevin Samuels. They've been continuing the dialogue. One of the people is a brother named Dr. Obi. He has these wonderful conversations with sisters all the time, and he calls this page, We Need to Talk. He had a sister on the other day, y'all. So uh, Crystal, Jamal, Lori, Jeff, and Chase, I want to get your opinion on uh, one question that he posed to his sister in terms of sort of the inception of relationships. He had a sister on and he asked her this question about how uh, women go about the process of choosing a partner. So if I can find the share function here, audience, I know you can't see this, so bear with me. But this was from this past week 
on We Need to Talk. This is Dr. Obi. This guest is not identified, so I'm sorry, just consider her an anonymous, anonymous <laughs> female voice. Uh, she's breaking it down right here. So stand by. This is We Need to Talk. We didn't get that education on how to identify good men. Most women don't know how to pick good men. And most women don't know what a good man looks like when that man is standing right in front of them. Why? All they know is how to identify the bad guy. Why? Why do you think that is? I would say a mixture of education inside the home. Uh, well, a mixture of lack of education inside the home and focusing on the negative men. If you only know how to identify the bad, you're only going to uh, attract the bad. You're only going to uh, uh, pick the bad because that's all you know. Right. And maybe if your father wasn't around either to give you that example of the good, um, you might not you still won't know how to pick a good man. All right. So every time I come into this community, the conversation inadvertently always ends up with what I would like to refer to as avatars for black relationships. And it always ends up right about here. So I'm going to speed this up a little bit and I'm going to turn this over to the panel for a comment. Uh, Dr. Obi is also a parent, so he has some questions from the standpoint of having a daughter. So stand by. This is still we need to talk. We need to talk with Dr. Obi. Stand by. Is if I can imbue, I don't even know if I'm using that word properly, the good guys, the solid, the Russell Wilsons mm -hmm. with some future characteristics <laughs> so they can compete with the future and they can, you know what I mean? Um, we can read, because I think there is something to learn from everybody. So for the Russell Wilsons of the world, for the good, wholesome dudes that typically get looked over because there isn't that animalistic initial or... And we need that. What can they learn from the guys who get that initial animalistic what can they what piece of their game can they steal it's it's interesting that you say that because what i see from the manosphere space is that women are shamed for what they're attracted to but they're attracted to that for a reason right and instead of shaming it like you said we should instead maybe teach the men that are not as successful with women to be more well-rounded to attain just as much success and they will have more way more success because then it would lead to more longevity and more families in the black community because we see what black women are attracted to and black women are attracted to the future type because i mean if Black men want to be the future. There's no black man that's looking at future and saying, okay, I don't want to be that guy. I don't look at him like that. <laughs> I, but I, but he, I, I understand. That. I understand. He right? walks into the room bravado, right? Whereas maybe Russell has that more, you know, timid type uh, I see through it, though. And that's, that's, that's me. I see through it, but women I don't. get it. All right. I've seen enough. Uh, I'm about to turn it over to the panel in just a second. And I'm going to ask them straight up. These guys always come up right here. This is a picture. Audience, bear with me. I know you can't see this. But Sierra, the singer, uh, was formerly with 
Uh, Atlanta-based rapper, singer, producer, auto-tune specialist, Future. And uh, they actually looked good together, but it didn't work out. They ended up having a child together, and uh, the relationship ran its course, and Sierra was uh, a single woman as Future. Uh, Future is known for now having several children with several different women. Years later, sometime after their relationship completed, for whatever reason there was, uh, Sierra did a track with a singer named Summer Walker where she recorded a track called Sierra's Prayer, where she was asking God to send her uh, a more healthier relationship. And who does she land with? She landed with this guy, Russell Wilson, NFL champion. Uh, he had no children of his own, if I'm not mistaken. In fact, he had pretty much lived sort of a Puritan life uh, prior to meeting Sierra. Sierra came into this relationship with a, a child with Future, and she's now been in this relationship with Russell Wilson now for several years. There they are, folks. Now, people have a whole lot of opinions about, you, you know, I wonder why people find humor in this, uh, Jeffrey Keller. I'm gonna come to y'all in just a second, but I have mixed feelings about this because the whole trope about Russell Wilson versus Future and every guy wanting to be like him, is that true? fellas and ladies every woman has this sort of primal animalistic urge to get with a future type ladies on the panel is that true i've seen enough i'm turning this over to the panel we got enough talented minds here to have this conversation uh jeff jamal and chase i'm gonna turn it over to to Lori and crystal first uh i just laid out a lot y'all uh let's go first to crystal kareen over in new york city New York in the house. I forgot to ask you what, I to ask you what bu borough you're in, but uh, what did you think about what you just saw? Um, relationships, modern day. Uh, Crystal, how much truth existed in that clip you just saw? And then Lori, I'm coming to you next. So one of the things that stood out to me in general was it was like kind of like a good guy versus bad guy. Girls right. don't know how to, women don't know how to tell um what good characteristics are and i would challenge that to say one of the um key concepts of a modern relationship is that what's good for you isn't necessarily good for the next girl if that makes sense so um i don't think russell wilson for example overall good guy but he just because he works with sierra doesn't mean you could place him with another girl and it would work the same way just because he's a good guy. So that was one thing, the general, the generalization of what is good and bad. Okay. I, um, I would have definitely um, challenged that. Um, I will say with the whole like future versus Russell, I feel like you do have to experience um, maybe dating guys that aren't that good for you to realize the good that comes later. I feel like timing is everything. So Sierra would have met Russell like five years prior. Would she have been ready and would she have accepted who he was as himself, you know, versus mm. if she would have had that experience with future. So I think that kind of prepared her to come to the realization of what she wanted, what she needed, and that prepared her to be at a place where her and Russell could be successful. So I'm not saying you have to go through bad guy after bad guy after bad guy before you find your good guy. But I do think your life experiences help to inform you and help to um, contribute to you developing what you want in life and speaking it and pushing it into, it, into existence. Okay, fellas, stand by. I'm coming to Lori next. But before I leave Crystal, 
what about this notion of picking that guy in the first place? Uh, and she talked about people, well, I guess she was referring to black men, Crystal. She was saying men shame women for who they like and who they're attracted to. Uh, do you think there's some truth to that? And then, Lori, then I'm jump right in after that, Lori. That's for Crystal. Um, I think, I, I do think there is some truth to it. I don't think it's necessarily only men. I, I think um, in, in, in both ways, whether it's like the woman wanting the uh, bad guy, which is a generalization in itself, I don't agree with. Right. But um, also even like um, Russell Wilson, for example, some women look at him as corny, but a lot of men call him corny too. So I feel like it, it, it comes from um, both directions sometimes. I think it's a, a bigger problem with society. I don't think it's necessarily like gender specific. Okay, I'll accept that. Jeff, I'm coming to you in a second. Uh, as a former NFL player, I, I definitely have questions for you, brother. Uh, Lori Peacock, what are your thoughts? Well, if it works for Sierra, I got to say Lori's prayer. I got to put it out there. Lord, please. Here we go. <laughs> and a sister, a good man. Okay. Oh, my God. So now, <laughs> now that you got that out your out system. There. I'm going right, to sing it. Right. It's out there. Okay. That's right. So now, not all women are looking for bad guys. There are plenty okay. of women that are, but but not all women are. And, I th and I've never, never gone for the bad guys. I've always had good men in my life well, until I got divorced. <laughs> and then it all changed after I hit 40 everything changed but all the relationships that I've had long-term relationships have been with good men and that's what I seek and that's what I look for and I it makes me sad that so many women do want these bad guys because it just perpetuates this bad guy behavior for men Larry, um, what percentage I, of women do you think are looking for good guys if, if it's not all we know it's not all but what percentage do you think well, it should be more than it is, it, but I don't know who I, well, well, it depends on what the truth, right? Women that say they want a good guy or women that really do want a good guy. Um, because I think there's a difference too, because my, there's women that say they want good guys, but they keep going to bad guys. So think most you know, women I, want a good I, guy. That's for you. No, you th you th no you don't, I you don't. don't. You don't? No, I don't. I okay. think that because if, if it's really what we wanted, needed it, and truly manifested, we wouldn't be with all of these men who treat us badly. So, you know, I think that, um, I think that it's tricky for women. I think we're in a really rough place. Um, and uh, it, I think there's a lot more quality women than there are men who want serious relationships. That's, and that's, that's, where, that's where we get shortchanged. There's more quality women than available men. Did I hear that correctly? Yes. Uh, fellas, uh, let's let's go to Jeffrey Keller, uh, Dr. Chase Moore, and uh, Jamal Jones is also a social worker down in Southern California. Uh, Jeffrey Keller, I'm gonna come to you first with this one. You you used to play with the uh, Atlanta Falcons as a wide receiver, and people. It's kind of like what Crystal and Lori were talking about. Crystal was saying there's sort of this 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 pejorative trope regarding good guy versus bad guy. And I guess Russell would be on the good guy side. He's an NFL quarterback and he's a champion. When you were playing ball, Jeffrey Keller, and you saw a guy like Russell Wilson in the locker room and he can get a ball downfield to you, um, how does how how is a, a cat like Russell Wilson view, uh, viewed among brothers that might be playing in the league and brothers in general? Jeffrey Keller, what are your thoughts? Um, first, I think it's hilarious. We talking about millionaires in relationships. Hmm. Ain't nobody talking about a good guy that works 60 hours a week 
uh, mm. busting his tail. Mm. You know, nobody talking about that good guy. Uh oh. They talking about entertainers and athletes. Mm. And Sierra would have been a normal woman uh, instead of Sierra. Wish she had got Russell Wilson. Um, it'd have been a whole different ball game. Cause I tell you what, in the, I've been in the NFL. I've I've hung out with NBA players for about fifteen years. Mm-hmm. And the women you see coming at them and coming at us uh, aren't your normal woman, right? Mm. They are scandalous, and they would do anything, anyhow, to get a man. Mm-hmm. And so they're not doing that for the dude that works 40 hours because they want to live a certain lifestyle. So then Lori's right then. She said, and Jamal and Chase, you can jump in too. She said maybe they, the majority of women... Lori, I don't want to misquote you. Did you say you said she said the majority of men, women are not looking for a good guy. And you're saying the people that you've encountered, you know, through your work, Jeffrey Keller, that kind of bears that out. Did I hear? Well, you? they just want to me. They want somebody to take care of. They want to live a certain lifestyle. Now, I'm not saying all women are like that. I'm not saying majority. I'm just saying when you when you're dealing with athletes and singers, and entertainers, that's what you attract. Hmm. Jamal Jones, your thoughts. Well, I mean, I think a majority of women are going to look for stability. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a hundred, and, and I don't see anything wrong with that. I mean, they don't want to deal with somebody that doesn't really have anything going on for themselves. And as a guy, that's what you tell the young kids all the time is focus on yourself and focus on your success. Women will come later. You know what I'm saying? So that's the situation. You want to build yourself into a situation where you are stable and you're in a good spot because again, that's attractive. Now you talk about earlier, the statement was made in regard to women only liking bad guys or typically going for bad guys. I would say women are looking more for an alpha. That's it. And we look at, and you look at Russell, he's a beta. beta How do you male. define that? Yeah. Can you define so an, alpha, an alpha male? So I would say, I don't know, someone who, I mean, I, I'd say positively aggressive, but like future, I think most cats will, you know, we see future and you know, futures, you know, he's got his music and everything like that. It's not that we're trying to, you know, guys are, looking at future and saying this is how we want to be because you know that's just that's not my style you know what i'm saying i don't dress like future or do stuff like that but at the same time as a man when you walk into that room you should be an alpha when you're walking in the room you shouldn't be meek you head down and stuff like that and i think that's where you look at russell wilson he does not portray that he's a very kind of like he's like a safe guy you know what i'm saying and it's like and again and when you go to alphas not all alpha males are bad. You know what I'm saying? There's good guys out mm. there that are alphas. You know what I'm saying? That they're not, they're not there running the streets and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. again, it's it, they're not bad, but those alphas have a whole lot of women coming out. Because mm. why? Because they're alphas. And that's just what women are going to be attracted to. It's just, it's it's like the Steve Urkel versus Ike Turner thing. Ike Turner is too far in the extreme, too far. He's an abusive, whatever. That's too extreme. And then the far extreme would be Steve Urkel, way on the other side. So it's like there's somewhere in the middle where someone, middle. that guy in the middle, like that's that situation where yeah, but the bad boy comes in. I, you know, I would can say- I, I'm Can a- I respond to that whenever y'all have a minute? Thank you. Uh, for sure. Um, Chase, uh, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I might have to disagree with that because um, I'll just take it to this. I guarantee you, Future does not want to see Russell Wilson in an alley. So um, 
that one is a 215 pound <laughs> NFL quarterback. The other one is 170 pounds in an in alley. Future does not want to see. So I think, again, we have to be careful when we're taking these very finely curated identities people have on TV and then trying to generalize them to real life. I think Russell Wilson is the ultimate alpha male. He's willing to take care of someone else's mm. child as his own. He's willing to allow the woman that he loves to fulfill in her greatest fantasies as an entertainer and to feel confident. Um, so I don't think that Sierra is worried about it. I, I think we have to be careful not to put energy in the air that doesn't exist because it's all vibrational. So if we start creating this future verse, uh, Russell uh, Wilson, kind of like uh, it used to be with, um, you know, what's that movie? Twilight, you know, do you team Jacob or you team this, you know, like that we are putting mm -hmm. that in the air. Mm -hmm. And I say that because I'm someone who has been accused of, oh, well, you're not um, alpha because you, you know, you're a psychologist and you work every day and you've been married to your wife since you're 22 years old. Um, and so it's important that we start redefining what alpha is because while you may say, hey, you know, he's not the aggressive type or he doesn't dress like a future. Nobody, I've never, nobody's ever ran up on me, right? So we- I've stood to next to you, brother. Even, even I have never run up on you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, we just have to redefine what alpha male is, what manhood is, because I think the inappropriate use of that gets us into the trouble we're in today where black people don't have any um, companies. We don't own our own businesses because we look at the futures as, as alpha males when they do nothing for the culture, they protect nothing but themselves. And again, I don't know future. I'm just talking about him as a schema. So this is not a personal right. attack future, right. um, but that type, since that's the narrative we're using. Um, okay. So alpha males are someone who can protect culture. The other word that we could use in the African language is jegna, someone who's a protector of culture in their family and traditions and want to build wealth. Mm. Um, so there's a lot of alpha males out there in a true sense, but because they, um, we don't have our own marketing companies, we don't advertise them as what they are. So for me, if you, um, you know, the Russell Wilson proto, uh, archetype is the ultimate alpha male. Okay, Crystal, I'm gonna come to you in a second. Jamal, you wanted to respond real quick? Yeah, I mean, I would say just quickly that if we have a future, that would be the example of a negative alpha, you know what I'm saying, in regard to someone who's out there doing what he's doing. But again, it doesn't matter what you do. Like you could be, I've, I've talked to kids about this all the time. You could be working at McDonald's, okay? But you just have something about you and your character. You're strong, what it, man, or it doesn't have anything about being beating someone up or being physical or anything like that. It's nothing to do with that. It's just an energy. And when this energy, like, again, it goes like this. There's guys riding around on their bikes who have all these women attracted to them. And they're the bad guy, the bad boy, the bad dude living at home with his mom. But he's got all these women going crazy. And then these guys sit back and like, what in the hell is this guy doing? Mm -hmm. And it's like. It's an energy, but there are good guys. And I think men, this is where men have to start looking within ourselves and saying, look, you know, I look at my father, that's a man. You know what I'm saying? Like this, you know, he, he you know, he's working on the car, building a disc, doing that, just, just kind of things that yeah. are just male things that we grasp onto that I think, honestly, it's, it just seems like it's a dying situation where it just, it's just, it's like old school and not old school, old school, because again, we're at a different time now, but at the same time, there's masculinity and there's femininity. 
femininity we need that oh. we need femininity and we need masculinity those two things need to exist you can't have a situation where it's like you know we're kind of getting away from masculinity mm. but and that's it like you're seeing that in society we have to embrace it but positive masculinity you know what i'm saying and that's what's going to attract but with 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 our brother russell why he gets dumped on so hard is because again it's just how he projects He's a nice guy, but it's just the energy. That's what it is. But, but who's who's dumping on him? Is what I'm saying is people, if, men if, and if women. Allow, are. If you if we allow the internet and it's the Twitter fear to, but I, what I'm saying in his real life, he doesn't get dumped. He's the leader of men in the NFL. Mm. He's a leader right. of men. He's not getting dumped on. People who don't right. see him dump on him. So if we allow that to happen then we're going to have an enterprise. I've never met these men in my life, but I know that I'm sure Russell Wilson in his real life is, is not being dumped though. People don't just walk around. Oh, that's Russell Westbrook. Let me just mush him in the head or, you know, like I don't, right. I don't think that's happening in his life. Well, I mean, yeah, I, saying, I, I would say, I would say, look, first of all, if you're in the NFL, you, 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 you are a tough dude. Come closer to the mic, Jeff. I said, if you're in the NFL, you, you, you look at you're an alpha. Okay. The things you got to go through to get there and compete and have guys 350 pounds trying to take your head off, mm. you a tough dude. And for a team to follow you, you you they they got to trust you. They got they got to know you're gonna lead them the right way. And then let's remember this: you could act like like Bill Cosby. You can act one way and, and perception you in public and different behind closed doors. Well, and, and, and we, we can't forget that. All right. Let's not forget that. This is KCWG, the truth.com's program is called Psychotic Bump School. My name is DJ Brome. We're having a relationship panel, y'all. That was the good brother, Mr. Jeffrey Keller. Head of that was Dr. Chase Moore. The good brother, Jamal Jones, is in the house. The ladies are here, too. Miss Lori Peacock. And we're about to swing it back over to the good sister out of New York City. Uh, she's in New York City currently. Uh, I think she's been in Chicago, L.A. Uh, the good sister, Crystal Kareen. You've been trying to get in, Crystal. What are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think um, the guys bring up some good points. I um, really am leaning more toward uh, Chase with that whole uh, interaction. Um, I do think Jamal had a good point with saying like, future is an ex a bad example of an alpha. I think when okay. Russell Wilson was referred to as a beta, it speaks to like a bigger issue. And I'm not saying Jam Jamal necessarily has this uh, viewpoint. But a lot of times when society looks at masculinity or being masculine, they've been poisoned with toxic masculinity as the, the default in the standard. Mm. Um, when I think of someone who is a strong man, I don't I think of someone who is just secure enough within themselves, who has self-awareness, who has self-worth and knows themselves. Okay. Um, and I feel like Russell Wilson embodies that. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's 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 really important to, you know, acknowledge that yes, Russell Wilson and Future, two two different types of men. Um, but I think it, we we have to be careful um, because along with um, I'm losing my train of thought. But when when we com compare them and label label future as an alpha and everyone is drawn to him at x y and z i feel like it's 
it's taking away from the fact that Russell Wilson has proven himself to be a leader. You know, he, he's a, he's freaking quarterback that leads the whole football team. Like, you know, he took on a kid that wasn't his own, you know, well, that he part is a family man. So for me, like that is a strong human. That is a strong man. And I don't really okay. like the alpha versus beta, whatever, but if you're going to label it, that, that, is an alpha but okay. it's just not an alpha that's rooted in toxic masculinity and i, I feel like that's the lens society is looking at things through sometimes okay fair point because you brought that up and uh chase brought it up too and i want to just push back a little bit before i turn it over to Lori. some people think that being a stepfather is not a good deal for a single man that has no children so if you take on somebody else's children and if it is considered to be honorable to do so there's a stream of thought that says that taking on that uh honor if you will uh can somewhat lower your value as a man because sierra is a very attractive woman so i know the brother ain't blind and it is sierra but the the notion of taking on someone's legacy that's not yours some people don't view that as honorable some people view that they call it simping and again i agree with chase that okay who's doing the referring to who's calling these things out uh, we have to take it with a grain of salt because at the end of the day, it's social media chatter. It, it, it's not going to impact our lives day to day. But there is a perception, though, with the, this primal energy that we're talking about. Uh, Kevin Samuels referred to them as CIAs, confident, intelligent, assertive brothers. And they tend to be more on the alpha side. And to the extreme, sometimes they go into what is referred to as toxic masculinity. I want to talk about that and what that is. And if there is a such thing on the other side of that with toxic femininity. I wanted to know more so why I was at the bottom. I'm very strong. I have a lot going for myself. I am a catch. I bring the whole table. I'm not bowing down. I don't feel like, you know, you have to cater to a man and oh, because I'm older. Girl, what? Why should I treat a man like he's a prize when I pay my own bills? Okay. Okay. You can't have this. You don't need a man mentality and then expect a man to want you about my role as a woman. I was made to be a helpmate. To be a, a helpmate. You came up with a no king. Um, you know, I was thinking about it as people were talking um, and we were talking about women who want successful men, financially oh. stable men. Okay. Um, and so, you know, I, I am going to double down on it and I, I'm going to say I think that most women are, are not necessarily looking for a good guy. I think more women would take a success. And I'm not talking about myself. I think I'm in the minority here. Um, but I think a lot of women, like they do, they want that money. They want that status. They want that. And so what, what men get to that level, not the nicest guys in the world. Right. So they'll tolerate a whole lot more, um, jerky behavior to, as a trade-off to have those things. And I think that there's this misconception out there that in order to be a successful man, you need to be an a-hole and, uh, or you're entitled to be an a-hole if you're successful. And I think that's a big problem. And I think there's a lot of people out there that aren't necessarily, you know, the best people. Okay. Um, and they have really wonderful partners, um, okay. you know? Okay. So before I go to Jamal, um, I'm going to borrow some stats because we know that the majority of black men have never, ever, we're not talking about jail or anything, but the majority of black men have never seen the inside of a criminal justice system. More than 60% of black men are in the middle class. And most black men, that means more than 50% of them are single and don't have any kids at all. And so there are a plethora of quality black men that are available everywhere. And that 
isn't emphasized enough, in my opinion. Jamal Jones, your thought? Oh, no, I was just going to agree with last statements that were just made um, in regard mm-hmm. to um, men in regards to success. I mean, that's just people hate talking about this. People mm-hmm. hate having these real conversations about this. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. I mean, you know, you could drive down the street. I mean, this sounds as bad as this is going to sound. You know, you could drive down and go to some place and in a bucket. <laughs> mm. And then you drive someplace in a Ferrari. And it doesn't matter where you are. You go wherever it is. Mm-hmm. The attention and the eyeballs that people are going to, the attraction, I should say, is it's like night and day from people. That doesn't mean that you have to be an a-hole, you know what I'm saying, for success. And it shouldn't always be about that. You know what I'm saying? It should be about the person. But at the end of the day, it's just, it is what it is. So again, that's what, and people want to deny it. They can deny it. But it's just, that's something that with as men, that's what is attractive. That's attractive is that successful guys. And that's just what it is. So if you're, if you're not that successful, then you're the bad boy kind of person. And they they lean to, or the, the pookie dude that's at home with his mom, but he's, he's got all these women, but it's just, it's two extremes. But if you're the successful person, people are more so gravitated towards that. Watch the brothers on here. There was an NFL, the brother that's with us now, like in the NFL, you spoke to that a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. you know, like it's, you're successful. So to the normal person and the guy that doesn't really have a lot, that's where it goes back to like these, these, these guys that might be working at seven 11 or whatever it is. What does he have to rely on? What's in his toolkit? Hey, there was a, what was the hip hop song by Biz Marquis? Like, baby, please, you work for UPS. I mean, right. those cats are good cats. So if we're going to define some of those deeper character traits, Jamal Jones and uh, the fellas, I, I want to bring y'all in too, Jeff and uh, Chase, before I go back to Lori and Crystal. If that is true, and the sister started talking about how it's challenging, you know, for some women to pick the right guy. And if all these things kind of get in the way of that, are men allowed to have the full range of expression of their humanity and that sometimes it is appropriate to be nice and on point and on code and then sometimes you got to switch it up so are we talking about just being able to adapt or are we talking about tupac in a suit which in some circles is considered an unrealistic trope that uh a considerable portion of women tend to want in a guy that maybe not necessarily doesn't exist, but there are very suitable guys that are available in abundance that aren't being talked about. Jamal Jones, what are your thoughts before I turn it over to Chase and Jeff? Again, I mean, just to kind of, just to kind of finish, you know, the point is that yeah, I mean, for men, again, I think for men right now, the main thing for any young person that I've talked to, again, is focus on your success, focus on being the best man that you can be, Focus on your career, focus on whatever it is that you want to do. I'm with focus, that. focus on that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and build your, you know, buy your property, make mm-hmm. your investments, build your wealth, do this for oh. yourself and do just do this for yourself. And again, it's and it's not, I don't see anything wrong with this. Okay. And so you do attract, you know, hopefully you attract the right ones. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't want to attract the bad ones, because then the ones that are out there looking to you and all they see is that. No, you want to find the good girl. The good girl that's out there that appreciates what you're doing or the woman that's going to sit around and ride the ride with you, not to sit at the finish line waiting for you when you finish. There's a whole group of women waiting at that finish line, waiting for you after you've done all that work. But then the ones that want to go through that ride with you while you're building your wealth, that's the one you want to look at. And that's That's the the one. That's the one. So that's 
Anyways, we shut up. That's what what you mean by when you say the best man you can be. What do you mean by that when you say focus on being whatever, whatever that man or young man wants to do with his life. If that young man wants to be an astronaut, focus on that. Be the best astronaut you can be. If you want to be a cop, be the best cop and do whatever you got to do. But again, and and, and create a lifestyle. If you want children, okay, you want to raise kids, create a lifestyle where you can take care of some kids that you can build and you have dreams and your goals and make those goals come true. What Don't do men say- want, Jamal and Chase? What what do black men want? Then I'm gonna ask the women too. What What is it that men want that they're not getting from the sisters? One, one thing that I want to say, this one thing that I would say, because I don't want us to get too far out of this, because we can get in our bag a little bit, we can get emotional with it in terms of like um, what America has mm. portrayed and, and, and created. America has created uh, um, black men, and I'm not. I think it's um, you know just a product of what it is, where we have to be alpha and ultra successful um, mm. financially, which is important. But I think that we we can't leave culture behind because what happens is you become successful individuals and mm. we cannot bring the masses along individually. So yes, you're successful. You become an engineer and now you go out and you look to find someone individually. But like, we're, we're not talking about those few who are successful. They don't have a problem. We're not talking about the person who's successful who has a problem. What about the, the you know, whenever you have a high school, there's there's going to be 3,000 kids who graduate, right? And so maybe, you know, uh, 10 of them will be successful, but the rest of them will have this life where they have to build it over time. And they don't have a culture that they can rely on if you're African-American that will help build you along the way. And so we have this crab in a barrel mentality to where now you have, have the haves and the have-nots. And so I think it's important that we start to teach um, our young women and men, uh, the value of being attracted to someone where you can build with. And, and believe me, attraction can be taught because mm. we got a lot of people who are attracted to all kinds of stuff they wasn't attracted to 20, 30 years ago, right? And so I think it's important that we, you know, I have a daughter and I have two sons. And so it's what, that, it's what you instill within them, what you teach them. That's why we travel, we go to different countries um, and you teach what it is to be successful, what is successful. Because if we just wanna go this individual route, yes, it's, I think that, that part is absolutely true. We have to get the money because that is, goes back way more primal. That's security. That is all kinds of things that we all want as human beings, particularly. I, I would like- I would like to hear the answer to Rome's question. It would help me a whole lot. Repeat my question, Lori. Thank you, Chase. Support. Support. What do men want Support. from a woman? Support. Because there are plenty of men out there that don't have anything to offer, that have a laundry list of what they want in their partner, and they don't bring anything to the, half as much to the table as they're asking and for. They can't, then they shouldn't be able to open their mouth. Mm. That's the it depends thing. on the right. Most men want sex, right? That's what it is. At the end of the day, they want sex. And the world, uh, America, porn is one of the biggest epidemics we're going through. So they want porn style sex. So that's what they want. And they want it at every age, all the time. And so if you're and not for doing free, it, they want it for free. <laughs> for free. For free. Well, remember, Chris Rock said, food sex silence so if, if we extend that I mean, we want respect and we want what, what else do we want jeffrey keller 
man, it depends on your age, right? Yeah. So at my age, I, I just want, I don't need argumentative. I don't need, um, well, you're just saying that because I'm a woman. No, you are just wrong. Can we just agree? If I'm wrong, yeah, I don't say uh, you're just saying that because I'm a man. Mm. You know, most guys just want peace. peace. Because we go through so much madness. Though, Let me rap. just finish. Okay. Let me just finish. Because mm -hmm. this is what I'm talking about. Being cut off, that type of thing. I thought you were finished. Yeah, no, I wasn't done. Okay. Because we, because be we respectful. I'm sorry. Okay. For so this is exactly what I'm talking about. Finished. This is exactly what I'm talking about. Did you hear me say I'm sorry for cutting mm -hmm. you off? I I thought you were finished. Yes, I, I heard that, and I and I accept your apology. Come closer to the um, mic. Come closer to the mic. Oh, so basically, man, it's just as as men, especially black men, we go through so much drama during the day, and we come home, we don't want to come home to drama. Mm. Now, I'll just I don't. I don't think because a woman speaks her mind, there has to be drama. Oh, I think that's not what I mean. I think there's two different things there. That's not what I mean. We're coming yeah, back okay. to that. We'll come back to that, Lori. Because I heard arguments yeah, we got, we got, I heard drama. And I, wanna, I just want to clarify. But, but let's come back to that. Yeah, we'll come back to that. Crystal? Yeah. Wait, Crystal. So black men deal with deal with a ton in society. Black women do as well. And a lot of times there's there can kind of be this debate on who deals with more. Um, but at the end of the day, like no one's gonna understand a black woman the way, uh, or I, I feel like no one can support each other more than a black man and a black woman. Amen. So with Jeff, I think it was Jeffrey, I'm sorry if I got the name wrong, but when the response was, I don't wanna hear it's because I'm a woman. I understand in the moment things can be tense, but the challenge I would have to that is after emotions settle to dissect that and ask maybe why she felt that way or why she said that and for her to do the same to you. So rather than shutting it down and it being viewed as, oh, I don't want any drama, it's more so an opportunity for the two people to be able to understand each other better and communication can become stronger in the future. And Jeff, that's where I think a lot of things are are missed. A lot of opportunities are missed. Out. A lot of opportunities are missed. Okay. Jeffrey Kelly, you want to come back in and respond? No, I ain't got nothing to say to that. Jamal? I just, I think, I think she's oh, right. There's opportunities. Let me just say, I think there are opportunities, Rome. But I think also society I'm has to the mic. that narrative. Uh, I'm, Jeff, I'm sorry, Jeff, I'm losing you. Can you come closer to the mic? Yeah, I, I just think I think society has spread that narrative uh, for black women to, to say that they're being shut down by black men uh, because, uh, you know, they don't want to hear their opinion. And I think that's how a lot of it comes about. But I do agree that, yes, that, that is a great way to at the end have a conversation. I'm all about conversation. I'm mm -hmm. just uh, sometimes you just get tired of that narrative being said all the time. Not just me, but I hear it from other men, too. So it's not just my opinion. Right. Lori, then Jamal. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to say because like I'm I I'm I'm really pleasant. I'm really easy to talk to. I'm really easy to be around. I don't um I don't like the drama either. I don't cause fights. I'm I'm and and I do porn star sex. 
So I don't know what the problem is, why I do not yes. have a man. Because oh the men that I find, I, and I'm not even, I'm, I'm, I'm putting it out there. I mean, really and truly, I love sex. This is not something you can put on a dating profile because you get all the wrong guys coming at you for the wrong reasons. But I absolutely do. And I'm great at it. And I miss it. But I'm, anyways, I'm not going to go on about that. Lord, I'm just it. saying. I, think, uh, <laughs> I appreciate your honesty. I think we need to define drama. Uh, Jamal, I'm coming to you next. It's like drama, I think, where Jeffrey Keller's coming from. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Chase and uh, Jamal, Crystal, Lori. It's it's unnecessary berating. It's not that the conversation isn't worth having, but drama in a pejorative. I don't know if there's anything ever positive about drama. And it usually stems from one party or the other not willing to accept responsibility, not really not willing to back down and reconsider what they're hearing and being incapable of admitting that they're wrong. That's where a lot of drama ensues from. And when you can't resolve those differences, and having to compete with that that need to be right all the time that uh, Sherazad Ali was talking about back in the day, it does tend to lead, lend itself to a lot of problems in relationships. And taking personal accountability, I think, is one of those main things that create this wedge between black men and black women in relationships. Because men are taught from the get-go, you ain't getting out of trouble, okay? We have to stand in the cut. And I'm not discounting what women go through, but men are held to a standard to where we can get killed, we can get locked up, and people don't often uh, coddle our emotions to the extent to where they're, they're going to try to absolve us from the accountability if we made a bad choice. And so what's waiting for us is either jail, the streets, or death. And there's usually no brigade to come and rally around us to suggest that, well, there must have been a good reason for what he did. There's accountability, and sometimes that karma is instant as heck. Jamal Jones, what are your thoughts? We want peace. And when it comes to, like, if you're out at a restaurant and you're with, you know, this is, I've been you know, dating, sitting out of the other side of the table, you know, you're with my system, you're sitting there. And, you know, it gets into this, like, you know, this kind of short, rude behavior or whatever it is. And that's, not, and that's not just with black women, that's women. I'm not going to sit there and just say, mm -hmm. oh, black women only do this because women do this too. I mean, it's just, and that's just women. Stop. Mm -hmm. We need to stop saying that. Oh, black women are the only one. No, women do it. Men do this. Women do that. Doesn't matter. So in the end of the day, I mean, I think that we just have to treat each other with respect. That's it. I, you treat, we just have to treat each other with respect. We have to have good communication. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. hundred percent. You got to, and, and not disrespecting each other. I shouldn't be saying things out the side of my mouth to my girlfriend or anything. Just little low blows. Oh, that's why your mm -hmm. hair looks like that. You know, stuff like that. You know, why would I say that? Mm -hmm. Why would I be disrespectful and make her feel like that for no reason? It's like, these are the things we have to be mindful of. And then as a man, like I was saying earlier, if we're building and, and trying to lead and moving in a certain situation. And you know, all woman, woman could be a lawyer, it doesn't matter. But as, as a man, you're trying to lead and trying to and provide and create stability for yourself and for everyone, your family, your everybody. Support that. Support that. That's all it is. Yeah. It, it, it rubbed my head a little bit. You know, if you know I've been working hours, you know what I'm saying? And just say, hey, I support you and what you're doing. And I see it because you're seeing the fruit mm. of what I said I'm gonna do. If I say, look. Babe, we're gonna be debt free in a year. 
So we're going to sacrifice on this and I'm paying all this other stuff. So we're going to not do this. This is a real life situation for me years ago. <laughs> we're going to just sacrifice for one year. Right. Is your reaction going to be like, but we need to go and travel and do this. I'm, I'm, I'm imitating a response. And I'm like, but babe, in a year, we're going to be good. So what did I do? Break up with that person. Mm. What happened? Debt free in a year. House, all this oh, other wow. stuff. What was right. she doing? Traveling. Because why? Trust me. Trust mm. me what I'm going to do and support me because you are going to reap the benefits of my hard work. But mm. you're over here trying to pull me away to do all these things and foolishness. Let's buy a Mercedes and all this other stuff. But we got to have a house. And I, like, and I look what I've got. And now look where you are. Whoa. That's all I'm saying. So just support the male. Trust, and trust the man. And trust us. That's trust the, the thing that we will, because I'm doing this for not just for me. I'm doing this for us. Okay. Well, we're, that's, that's, I'll end it on that. There, well, there you go. I mean, we're, we're talking about a formula going forward. Uh, Chase, I'm going to come to you in just a second. Uh, we got a few more minutes left. I'm going to ask the women now. What do y'all want? I'm scared to ask Lori. Lori! Oh my God. No! What do women want? What do women want, Lori? Well, I don't know. I, well, like we said, most women want money. I, I am not one of those women. Okay. I want some empathy. Mm. I want some compassion. I want some intellectual conversation. I don't want argument. And you know, I'm the kind of like, if, if I know you like a certain kind of drink, I'll have it in my fridge when you come over and your glass will never be empty. I just, I, I'm not like- It never happens a, anymore. It has, well, I, I, that's just how I am, right? You know, and I, I'm a strong, independent woman, but I can take care of and support my man. How do you why, do is it that, why is it that so many people, and I'm not being to cut in, but why is it that you see this new generation has a problem with you do stuff like that? Like if you did, why, why do they have a problem with that? And most I, men I don't, like that. Oh yeah. That, they like, that, why, I don't, why is that an issue? Why is that an issue then? That's Wait, Jamal, you said most women say why that? Again? A lot of this new generation, not young people, but just this new vibe in the world now, because again, it's independent women, I get that. But then when a woman is still being independent, doesn't matter what she's doing, she'll be, she can be an attorney, but she'll still have that drink when this dude gets home. And it's like, most women, why are you doing that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you, it's just, it's, that's like an older kind of thing that really gets a reaction from a male that makes them feel like, oh my God. I'm asking, I'm asking. Why is that? Okay, why is that? Is, is that independent woman thing? Is that a trope outside of the black uh, community to the extent that it is inside the black community? Independent woman, meaning I, 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 I still wanna be with a man, but I don't need a man. I'm asking the ladies. Oh, well, I, of course, you know, I, I don't need a man, but God, do I want one? You know, I mean- but Some women they, feel like they need their men. Lots of women do. And lots of women, that's why they always have a man, you know, because they, they, they don't, they, they're incapable of managing without one for a variety of reasons. I am a thousand times happier when I have a man in my life. I am a much mm -hmm. more enjoyable person to be around. Mm. Um, but, you know, I, I get through every day and I handle my, my stuff without one. So, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a tricky situation, but you're saying there's 50% of single, of black men out there that are single and available. I, I, I don't know where they are. Single and childless, um, uh, uh, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. And I don't even um, care about the childless thing either. You know, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. It's all good. You know? Yeah, what do we want? Like I said, it, 
somebody right. who's, who's kind and compassionate and, 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 you know, will call you and say hello and say, how was your day? I'll get your drink for you. Why don't you ask me how my day was? And then we'll let's watch the football game. You know, and I'm just totally cool. And I also love sports too. I will just sit there Angels. for hours. Oh, let's talk about baseball. <laughs> so I will just sit there for hours and watch the game. I mean, Sundays are my favorite day of the year because I just enjoy from 10 in the morning to 10 at night watching football. So, and I'm not going to argue with you and fight with you about any, anyways. Okay. But I am smart and I do speak my mind. You and um, some men, you know, don't like that. Anyways, go ahead. Jeff, Jamal, and Chase, I'm coming to you. Crystal, what do what do women want? Um, I would say emotional intelligence. Um, going off like just being compassionate and being willing to, um, to listen and allow me to feel um heard. I feel like um, like you know, some of the things you name where men haven't been in jail, these men don't have kids. They, you know on paper it looks good like they're they're successful they're doing they're doing their thing business-wise and they're creating a life for themselves but I feel like a lot of times the disconnect comes in in the e emotional intelligence and being emotionally available and I know that has a lot to do with society and the pressures that um black men in particular have upon them but a lot of times that makes it really hard to connect or 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 have a disagreement or feel like I can try to get a grasp to understand what you were going through throughout your day to be able to give you that support and vice versa. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that's the main ingredient that's missing um, with a lot of I, men what? of a particular generation, but it still trickles down to the younger generation as well, because that's what they've they've learned okay and I think the the shift is I think more women are are wanting that and and re requiring that so the laundry list of things that you named on paper mm -hmm. might not be enough it's like okay yes I want to I want a man but I don't need one and if I'm going to be emotionally drained and I'm not going to be able to connect with someone on that level, then is this a relationship worth having if it's going to take more than it's given, you okay. know? So I right. think that's the missing piece. All right. right. Well, because I'd, I'd rather be single and a little bit lonely than in a relationship that's horrible and not fulfilling. Absolutely. And I know a lot of people in those circumstances. So, you know, if it's a trade-off, I'll take what I've got. But, you know, I... I I think ultimately it people are people would be happy people are happier when they're when they have that intimacy with someone else okay i accept that um we got a couple minutes left and, and I, you guys are on the call i don't i don't know if i was uh clear in the announcement you got three mental health workers on this call and so chase i'm gonna come to you in just a second jamal i think Crystal, I'm, I'm going to push back just a little bit because I, I really truly believe that it's really about being able to acknowledge someone has made another point and relinquishing this need to win because it becomes a life and death struggle over sometimes trivial things if you just cannot acknowledge an L, meaning a loss. I mean, and, and, and loss doesn't mean a character assassination. It just means that you need to sometimes admit that you know, somebody has better information than you right now and just admit that you don't know everything and you can't do everything. And 
emotional intelligence, I, I definitely, if we have more time, I definitely want to talk with you more about that. The panel, I mean, I don't want to just single mm -hmm. you out because I, I really feel like there's a, a gulf in the ability and the capacity to admit that you made a mistake and to apologize and say I'm wrong. That's the root of a lot of communication issues, in my opinion. So, yeah, I, I, think, I think we're talking about... Uh, I'm, Go sorry, ahead, Crystal. You have something to say? Go ahead, Crystal. Oh, so I, I think we're talking about two different things. So I definitely think it's important to not have the mindset of I'm right and you're going into a, a, a argument with like, I'm going to win. I think it's a, like one of the cliche things that I, I truly believe as cliche as it sounds, but it's not you versus me, it's us against the problem. So, you know, I don't, I don't okay. believe at all that you have to be right. Um, okay. When I mean emotional intelligence, um, I think a lot of times, and it might have to do with a lot of the pressure society puts on men, they're not able to, to express themselves or talk about what is going on with them emotionally to begin with. And when that can't be communicated, a lot of times they're, they're like a, there can be kind of like a guessing game. And it's hard to support someone and pour into somebody when you don't necessarily know what all is going on with them. And then um, I think you vice have versa, go ahead. I think men, I mean, we they communicate differently and I, I do take your point. Yeah. And the only reason why I'm jumping in because uh, I wanna continue this conversation because I know we're right up against it. I don't, I don't wanna keep y'all past the time that I, I said. But this is a very good conversation, and I think men communicate with their their charisma, with their masculinity, and it definitely may not always come across as emotional. But there is a let, let me let me oh, sorry, sorry, because, go ahead. I'm sorry. because men we've been raised around y'all our whole lives. We right. know how to connect with y'all. I I would argue, and this is going to start a whole new fight for a whole other conversation. So I, I want to be careful about opening the, the, this can up. But we know y'all very well. And I, I was, <laughs> oh, we know y'all very well. We've been around y'all. We, 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 we've been around y'all our whole lives. And in the reverse, it's different when little girls have been around black men. If you're fortunate enough to have your dad in your life, in your home, uh, they're not necessarily in the elementary schools, the preschools, kindergarten classrooms, middle schools. Fair. You start to Fair. see them in the, not to the same extent though, because I, I work in education and it's pretty much 90%. Jeff and Lori will, will vouch for it. It's like, and Chase, uh, it's, it's a female dominated industry and you don't see black males in authority unless they're coaches, unless they're police officers. You don't see them in those primary areas where little girls uh, need that example set for them, whereas Little boys have seen it our entire lives. So the respect is there. The, the ability to, to connect and understand and have empathy, it's ingrained in a lot of little boys. But I think to the same extent that little girls' behavior hasn't been shaped to really acknowledge and sort of treat with the same reverence black male authority that black boys have for black women. I just opened so a whole- I, I, hear, I hear what you're saying. I just think we are- we're kind of talking about about two different things but i, do hear I don't think so saying. yeah i don't I, i'm well that's our show y'all psychotic bump school is the place where education and entertainment meet at the intersection of funk and soul my name is dj rome and you know we're here every monday evening from 5 30 p.m to 7 p.m pacific time and it repeats again on friday evenings from 6 30 p.m to 8 p.m pacific time 
check back with us. We shall return next week. Also want to send a very, very special shout out to our guests for the evening. Crystal Kareen, Dr. Chase Moore, Jamal Jones, Lori Peacock, and of course, the good brother, Mr. Jeffrey Keller. And as always, I want to send a very, very special shout out to Mr. Frank Starks, who is the Iron Man behind the board, as well as to Mr. Frank Starks Jr., his father, who just went on to be with the Lord, ladies and gentlemen. Frank Starks Jr., rest in peace. And we're out of here, y'all. Take care. Mm-hmm.